Pantali podcast, playfully playing a part without feeling a part, a channel for nature, climatizing with consciousness, and helping to normalize a natural state of being. Dive in for deep discussions. In this episode, we take a look at a Pantali session and see how Dr. Simon Raphael, psychiatrist and medical doctor with a PhD in Amazonian ayahuasca and mental health outcomes, responds to this medicine. Unfollow the blind leader, malicious elf shot. If the path be beautiful, let us not ask where it leads. A beautiful and impeccable quote by Anatole France. Nesting in the pine, the dove's now long gone, poisonous caterpillar, pine needles to feast on, are those hair harpoons, fired from the pine processionary, irritated itch, stinging eye visionary, but I cut the branch down and then I burned it in the flames, breathing pine and tree tobacco smoke brought the whispering of names, from the twin eggs to the Trojan war, pretty lady human heartbreak can't ignore, Helen of Troy, the shining one, your tears fell down and out came the sun. Hella campaign, what a wonderful name. Blow darts from witches, yeah, I know the pain. Poison arrows, that's not elf kind. False profiteering, never you mind. Temptations of the devil, follow our lead. Saint Elmo's fire, divine judgment indeed. Violet and blue glow, energized feeling. Corona discharge, all very revealing. Ella campaign, by many names you're known, anchored by thick roots, eight feet to the sun grown, standing tall, sunny disposition, deeply grounded, no nervous opposition. But she do it so well, even in current conditions, those breaking of natural laws through unnatural additions. So be stable in the moment, not stabbed nor stumbled by its pain. Genetic sequencing, life might never be the same. Even the spiritually strong can be forced to their knees, as the darkness now rallies from all sides to squeeze. Cry me a river, and then tell me again, yes, your spirit too powerful for these machine men. Father Sky, what would you have me here do? Keep walking the red road, it will see you through. Solar return, oh, Helios is light. Coronal mass ejections, plasma burning so bright. Red rash on the surface, expelling all that heat. Acclimatize inside, for it's through fire you spirit meet. But if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen, for alchemical transformation requires all of you to pitch in. The wolf howls at the cold January full moon, protecting territory, return home soon. Intuitive response, a true leader of the pack. Guided by gut instinct, it's always got your back. Arrows and spears fly through the air. Justified anger and division, they stare. Underground retreat, warfare outside, waiting for the battles to finally subside. Building of bunkers to escape this fate, but better develop nervous system before it's too late. What you see is what you get. But tricks from shapeshifters you might come to regret. A pure white feather by the water's side. Angelic swan across the surface you glide. But too impulsive, look for toxic delusion. 
piercing the veil beyond crafty illusion. Like the moon, she reflects the water and governs the tide. Feel deeper into body for your cells to decide. Maybe it's not you that's ill, it's the sickness outside. By trying to make sense, might you invite it inside? Know when to draw down into Earth's inner beauty, and when to radiate out to fulfill divine duty. So to the spirit of Ella Campaign, in a guide when to take action and when to refrain. When energy bursts through, there's so much you can do, but you only advance when to your path you remain true. And these are my own insights, but a great beauty of life is that of perspective. So how might others respond to the spirit of Ella Campaign, unbeknownst this being the spirit they're receiving? How might they perceive it through their sick senses? And the good folk and their gestures can appear nice and kind, but never forget to look and feel behind. Whilst this podcast focuses on a single sharing, more sharings can be read in raw after-session written form at plantly.com forward slash podcast forward slash campaign. My name is Dr. Simon Raphael, and I'm a psychiatrist by background, so I'm a medical doctor, and I, I train in psychiatry. But I also have a, a PhD in Amazonian Ayahuasca and Mental Health Outcomes, um, which was in the Department of Psychology at the University of London. Um, and then I started my own shamanic journey, uh, training in Shivivo shamanism, taking it more seriously from about five years ago, um, but I've been drinking Ayahuasca since 2015 as well as running a research not-for-profit called Onaya Science uh, that really tries to work in partnership with indigenous healers, translating some of the knowledge um, that they have uh, into Western medical science and trying to to find that intersection between the worlds um, and try and demonstrate um, how this work could be healing and even harmful um, towards some people. I got into ayahuasca uh, by, you can phrase this in many different ways, by a stroke of luck would be, would be one way of phrasing it, um, by ending up in the, the Amazon rainforest with um, a man who later became uh, my teacher, uh, drinking ayahuasca and deciding that I wanted to start researching uh, ayahuasca from a medical perspective. Um, as I was getting quite disillusioned with um, some of the medical, some of the drug treatments that we were using in psychiatry. After returning to the Amazon for uh, on and off uh, for years doing, doing research, my way of understanding the world started to change uh, and the frameworks that I, were using, I was using to understand the world um, began to, to fray and to split until they eventually burst. Um, when I uh, experienced uh, brujería um, or witchcraft for the first time and uh, began questioning my perception of reality um, and started training in Shipibo uh, Curundurismo, which is one of the, uh, the communities in the Amazon that, that I've been working with. And so following that, I, I did a PhD uh, looking at Amazonian ayahuasca uh, and mental health outcomes and continued uh, my own personal uh, Shipibo training as well and set up a not-for-profit research group uh, called Onaya Science, uh, which does its best to work in collaboration with 
uh, indigenous uh, curanderos um, and also uh, people from the West who are training in curanderismo as well, uh, trying to bridge that gap between Western knowledge uh, and indigenous wisdom and really finding the, the magic um, of that intersection and the, the kind of the beauty in the and when those two worlds combine, when you're not placing one framework of understanding above the other, when you're not using biomedicine to validate uh, indigenous wisdom, but when you're looking at how that, how the two can intersect um, in order to hopefully um, help the most amount of people uh, and be of greatest benefit to humanity. Yeah, so I started getting messages from this man, Andy, on LinkedIn. Uh, saying that we had uh, similar interests and I would be, uh, you know, we, we should perhaps consider talking at some point. And so I thought, okay, yeah, great, maybe we'll, um, in in life in general, if, uh, you know, if the universe seems to be suggesting that you connect with someone or you go down a particular path, I, I normally uh, follow that and thought, yeah, yeah, let's, let's see what happens. And then um, I started getting messages from uh, from two of my friends saying, "Oh yeah, you should really connect with this this guy Andy." And I was like, "Oh, this is this is the same Andy that messaged me." Like, I wonder, uh, yeah, I wonder what what his work is about. So I started replying more and found myself receiving some quite covert messages, um, <laughs> a lot of poetry, um, a lot of a lot of story which reminded me uh, a lot of the indigenous ways of knowing um, and a lot of the information that, that I've received uh, from the Shipibo has been in this form of, of story. And the, the Western scientist in me uh, at the beginning with the Shipibo found myself just thinking, ah, just tell me what happens, you know, stop telling me about these, these stories that, that may or may not quote unquote, uh, quote unquote be real. Um, and I kept getting these these messages uh, from from Andy and the scientist in me. I was like, well, "What's this? What's what's he actually saying? What's the, What's the, What actually is this? This offering? What's he talking about?" And so I reached out to a very good friend of mine that had um, worked with Andy to, to treat migraines, and and said quite quite bluntly, "It was like, what's your take on this guy? Like, is he is he legit? What do you what do you think?" And um, and my friend said, "Yes, no, he's he's legit. You should." Um, you should consider talking to him. If it, if it resonates with you, then you should consider talking to him. And so, um, so I started speaking, uh, speaking to Andy and trying to figure out what it was um, that, that Andy was offering. Uh, and in the end, well, I had some, some back and uh, some to and froing from uh, between my Shipibo uh, teacher uh, and Andy thinking, is this? You know, could this potentially have any negative impact on the, the training path that I'm currently in the middle of uh, in my Shipibo training, or um, would it be worth diving into? And the, the, my gut feeling actually was just screaming, yes, do it for, for whatever reason, just do it. Um, and then when we uh, discussed a little bit more um, about the, the plants that Andy was going to be working with, um, it seemed to be a plant that uh, was known to my teacher and I was very keen to, to experience what Andy was offering. But um, interestingly, the work that Andy was offering didn't actually involve consuming the plant uh, and it was, it was done at a distance. So again, the, the skeptic in me um, was, the skeptic in me was racing, but the open side of me thought, well, you know, the only thing that I'm certain about at the moment um, in terms of uh, my understanding of the universe is that I have no idea what's going on um, and neither do the vast majority of other people. So 
why not? Let's uh, let's give it a go and let's see what happens. I'll try and be uh, as objective as possible in terms of in terms of my experience. So when I went into the experience, I thought worst case scenario, I'll have half an hour listening to a, a chilled, relaxing playlist, um, sitting in lotus possession and kind of doing some, some meditation. And when the, uh, when the session started, interestingly, I noticed that my, my thoughts started racing more than they usually do, which is something that happens to me, uh, or at least used to happen to me a lot when I was first started drinking ayahuasca. And so I had to really focus on relaxing my thoughts and, and kind of drifting down into a relaxed position. And you can look at this and you can explain it from, from many different angles. Um, you know, maybe I was expecting something to happen. Maybe I was sitting in the same position and getting myself into the same mindset uh, that I do when I, when I listen to ceremony. Or maybe something else was happening. Um, I'm open to any of those. And maybe it's a combination, uh, a combination of those explanations. But then I also felt a very, I felt very happy. I felt this, this lightness uh, and this happiness, this, this light energy. Um, and I think many people might describe that as, as an interaction with some kind of spirit or an entity, uh, or perhaps it was the, the effects of the playlist and just being in a good place within myself. And then following the session, I felt, I felt great. And the next day I felt really good. I felt really bright. So bright that I actually contacted Andy again and said, when is your next session? Um, please do keep me posted uh, on when that, or when that next session is. And so the experience actually kind of took me by surprise. And again, I'm open to the possibility um, that it was as a result of having a, uh, a caring, virtual, fairly anonymous community around me, but we were sharing um, you know, our thoughts and uh, our dreams before the ceremony and afterwards. Um, and maybe it was that, maybe it was taking the time out from our, our busy Western days um, to, to really sit and to focus and to be still and to be present. Or maybe it was something else. Maybe there was the, the spirit of, of this plant um, that, was, that was working within us. Who knows? And in many ways, I don't necessarily think that trying to find the the truth or kind of the reality of the situation is always that important. I, um, I feel that my experience from the session was a really positive one. And then it's open to each and every one of us to, to fully explore uh, what, what the reason was behind the ways that we felt and the way that we felt. Interestingly, in that dream, so I was on a on a long boat. So there's a there's a big boating community on the canals in London where I live, um, and I was on one of these boats um, on a one of these canal boats. And there were some other people on the boat, and somebody ran up to me and tried to stab me in the shoulder. If I remember correctly, uh, the knife was blunt, um, and I managed to it like hit my shoulder. I managed to push it away. And then I ran down the boat to let everyone else on the boat know that this person just tried to stab me. So yeah, I'm always fascinated by those those dream interpretations. And definitely the symbology with the with the boats was 
was interesting because theatres were, I guess this also makes sense, theatres were massively on my mind coming into this work. As uh, the Shipibo Curanderos, as a blanket rule, they, they pretty much say you shouldn't be um, practicing or you shouldn't be training um, with anybody else apart from us. And I understand why they say that because it's probably safer uh, because there are so many charlatans out there, like, you know, loads and loads of charlatans. And people do stuff in a different way as well. And so, from my understanding of Shibibo Kurundarismo and energy work in general, those energies can clash, uh, the different ways of doing stuff can clash. Um, and so I wonder if there was something, reflecting on it now, you know, I felt amazing after the session uh, and in my perception of the effect on my dietas from my own subjective feeling, it felt like it, it felt like I was cleaned, it felt like it cleaned my dietas, it felt like it flushed them through, that's what it felt like. Uh, and so I wonder if there was uh, some symbology there as in, don't worry, your dietas are safe or, or something along those reads, something along those lines. The group showings, I remember people having a lot of headaches, um, headaches and sore throats. My experience of it is, uh, as I said before, I felt like it's, it kind of, it cleaned me energetically in terms of my dietas. The way that the Shipibo uh, heal disease and the way that it's been described to me and the way that I've been taught is quite often by, is by drawing it all out to the surface. And kind of the opposite of a lot of the symptom management that we do in the West, um, where you you get, you appear to get much worse at the beginning and things flare up uh, and then the, the disease or the condition or whatever it is, the infection is, is gone, is removed in that way. And so I wonder if there was, um, there could be parallels there or a degree of that where people were getting headaches because they were, for a better sense of the word, purging you know, purging emotional things, purging you know, infections, viruses, uh, and spiritual and spiritual elements. I'd be very interested to, to hear what the Shipibo uh, said and thought about this kind of work. Um, so definitely don't don't come here claiming to, to speak on behalf of the Shipibo. Um, but I think that would be, yeah, I think they'd be really interested. You know, from my brief experience of kind of dipping my toes in uh, in, in the previous session, it reminds me of the the old school way of dieting, of one of the old school ways of dieting, which was done remotely, where uh, should be broken and could actually do the dieta, uh, and then they they pass it to you, they they give it to you energetically, they send it to you uh, on on the astral plane, I guess, for for a better sense of a word, um, and it feels a little bit like that um, with with this kind of healing where. You're relying on a on a maestro, on a on a teacher, somebody with a connection to spirits, who then passes that energetic connection to you uh, from a distance, um, energetically. Which is, which is an interesting one, and it, it's particularly interesting because that way of dieting, <laughs> perhaps unsurprisingly, had a bit of a revival during COVID. Um, so it was a time where people couldn't do plant dietas. Uh, and many of the Shipibo maestros, uh, either online or just, you know, like messages through WhatsApp, <laughs> I started getting saying that they were now offering these these remote diets uh, that they that they used to do. The people that I know who have done, who have done those remote diets, uh, and I have a close friend who, who, who did one and then uh, actually got remote diets given to, to the whole of his family and said it was incredibly profound. Uh, and they all noticed these, these huge changes. But then when I've spoken to my own maestro about it, he says, for sure, that, that would be a thing, that could be a thing. Uh, but at the same time, it would, it would differ, because if you, it wouldn't be such a strong connection 
to them compared to if you dieted the plant yourself uh, because it's like meeting somebody yourself rather than being introduced to it by a friend but that being said i mean he did say that it wouldn't be it wouldn't necessarily be a less strong connection it would just be a different form of connection um so yeah i wonder if there's there's a role for this kind of work especially as we still have uh, restrictive legislation that prohibits the use of, of psychedelic of psychedelic and psychoactive plant medicines uh, throughout much of the world. The future of medicine, I think, is in the intersection um, between these between these two worlds. In, in my experience of training in Western medicine, um, there are massive blind spots, and I, I don't need to say that, and it's, it's obvious, especially if we just take psychiatry, we're in a mental health crisis. You know, mental health conditions are at an all-time high. Um, the field just isn't progressing at the rate that it should be, and we desperately need new treatments. But again, I think that there's a risk, uh, especially for Westerners, and to to glorify indigenous ways of knowing, and Britain's kind of assuming that they have all the answers. No, it's totally not true. They have things that they're better at, and they have things that they're worse at. Same as Western medicine. And so I feel that the, the answers, like the, the future of medicine and the real beauty and the magic of healing is in that intersection between, uh, between the worlds. When we fully collaborate and when we fully respect these different ways of knowing uh, and we work together uh, rather than trying to place one uh, on top of the other or our own way of thinking. I mean, I guess it's always just to have that openness and just to come back to that and that humbleness of of really questioning, you know, do do we know what's going on in the universe here? Um, and if we and if we're not sure, having that openness to listen um, to to different schools of thought, um, and obviously to have that um, to have that sharp scepticism to question everything, but really to to listen to other people's ways of knowing, and whether that's the Tibetan monks, or whether that's the Shilpa Kundalini's or whether that's the, the Western psychiatrists, you know, everybody has something to offer. Um, and I really think that the, yeah, our hope for the future of medicine is in that intersection between the worlds based on mutual trust and respect. Thank you, Simon, for your willingness to participate and openness to share. Thank you to Ella Campaign, gratitude for this heavenly earth bridge. Thank you to the group, and thank you to those listening that have made it this far in the podcast. Until next time, with love, Andy.